Hey guys, welcome to Carol's Coffee House, a place where Catholic singles in their 20s and 30s can grow in community and deepen their spiritual life. I'm Maura. I'm Sarah. Grab your favorite cup of coffee. Or tea. And let's get started. So, hello everybody. Hi Sarah, how are you? It's It's so good to see you. I'm great. Hi guys. It's been a while since Maura and I have recorded together it's been like gosh a month I think yeah it has and it's been a minute since they've heard only us Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so good to see you you look great I missed you (laughs) I missed you so much even though we like literally talked last week uh, it's true, we did. We, we talked did. last week and we like we... the week before that on the phone. It's true, like, but it's all been it's, it's all been group things. Like we recorded yeah. with like, a guest host um, last week, and then we did like a friend Zoom, yeah, a little bit before that. But this is the first time. Also, full disclosure, we hopped on the Zoom call like an hour ago. <laughs> We're just now getting around to recording. So. Yeah, there was some life that we had to catch up on that. We're like, yeah, this is like, we're actually pretty private people. For people that disclose a lot about our lives, we're actually pretty private. There was a lot of stuff that we're like, yeah, we got to talk about this stuff. <laughs> we got to catch up on life. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so many things. But nothing that's like ready to be public yet. Anything like, although you guys were praying for me. And I now have a license. I got it in my email today. And I'm <laughs> so happy. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. You are licensed. Good to go. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm looking at jobs. I'm so proud I'm, of you. Yeah, I'm job hunting now. But oh my gosh. Life has been so fun recently. I mean, there's been some weird things. But it's been so fun. And I'm... I'm drinking out of my merch that Jake sent. I did notice that. I almost commented on it. So fun fact, Jake, who sometimes comes on the podcast, he gifted Maura and I with coffee mugs that have our Our podcast logo printed on it. And it's the best thing ever. It is. It's so cute. I'm drinking chamomile tea because it's light and I need to be able to sleep tonight. It's yeah, it's my it's my new favorite mug. So, uh, Maura's drinking, Maura's drinking. Chamomile tea. Another tea over there. I, I, it's, it's, it's evening. We're yeah. recording this in the evening. So I have a nice glass of wine. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's been so much fun this week. It's, oh. <laughs> you. <laughs> so I recently, I was gone for a week visiting home. And then we had Four days back to normal before the family left for a very long beach vacation. And so that was another chunk of time that we were apart. And so my two-year-old that I've taken care of since she was an infant has been very, very clingy to me this week, which has been sometimes sweet, sometimes very, very inconvenient. (laughs) But it was so sweet today. I tweeted about this, but I was trying to fold laundry Earlier, there was a huge mountain of laundry to do from their beach trip. And I was trying to do it. And she'll just, like, follow me around with her arms up. Like, just like, Miss Sarah, Miss Sarah, Miss Sarah, hold me, hold me. And I'm like, I can't, I, I cannot do anything if I hold you the whole time. 
and <laughs> she's like clinging to my leg I'm dragging her along ever so often and she hold me hold me Miss Sarah Miss Sarah Miss Sarah <laughs> <laughs> finally I was like oh my gosh so I picked her up and I just like raised her up over my head and I was like what <laughs> <laughs> And she goes, she like screams down at my face. She goes, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I totally melted. No more laundry was done for the rest of the day. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like totally unprompted. Oh, and I went on a date on Monday. Oh, were yeah, you? I yeah. A good date. Yeah, it was a good day. Maybe I'll see him again. Okay. Yeah. Future date though. Promising. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Hey, that is awesome. Yeah. Isn't it? So I guess we'll have to figure out what the next one will be, but yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Today, today I got done with work and I stopped by a ministry meeting really quick and then I went to the store and I picked up wine and I bought myself flowers. <gasps> That's so nice. I'm a fantastic boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I should get myself one of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have, I'm going to a wedding this weekend. My cousin's getting married. Oh, yeah. fun. So my brother and his family are coming into town for that. They're coming in tomorrow. So I'll get to, I might get to see them tomorrow night. Okay. Yeah, so they'll be in town for Father's Day. That's cool. I completely forgot that Sunday was Father's Day because, you know, I'm apparently not good at minor holidays. I didn't know what Memorial Day weekend was until I planned something for it. I was like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, gosh. I just forgot. Well, I know. I just remembered that it's Father's Day this weekend. I need to... <laughs> call my dad. I don't send my dad a card on Father's Day just because, mm-hmm. like, I don't think he cares. I mean, mm-hmm. he'll care. Like, it's a nice thing to do. My but... dad forgot about Father's Day too, just because there's been <laughs> so many things happening, like me graduating, mm-hmm. me taking my exam, me passing my exam, me getting my license, like my cousin getting married, mm-hmm. like my niece turning two, my brother and his family coming into town. Like, there's just been all this stuff. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that, too. Because, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I forgot that Sunday's Father's Day. It's like, I also forgot mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny. I don't know if this is, like, a dude thing, but my cousins did this once for my uncle. They asked my uncle what he wanted. Like, he could do whatever he wanted on Father's Day. What yeah. did he want? And my uncle said, honestly, I kind of just want to go do my own thing. Like, he wanted to be by himself for the day. That's nice. I wish my dad was like that. I thought it was interesting because normally when you think about Father's Day or Mother's Day, you Mm -hmm. think like, oh, I want to be there for that person. Right. Spend time with them. Yeah. My dad is someone that would want to, like, I think he might see his mom, but he's a people family person. He will want to have some time with us. Okay. Yeah. But, so I don't really know what to do with that. Yeah. Dads. (laughs) Here's to you. So my dad loves chocolate, so maybe I'll get him chocolate. 
Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll get him dark chocolate. He because he he, he eats the same chocolate I do, so I'll just get him chocolate. Mm-hmm. The fanciest chocolate I like to eat, Ghirardelli makes a really good dark chocolate. So it's a <laughs> sea salt caramel filled <gasps> chocolate, dark chocolate. It's the best. Oh my gosh! It's so good. well because good. if it was milk chocolate, that would be too sweet. I think mm-hmm. with the caramel yeah. in there, even though it's salty caramel. Yeah. But yeah, the sea salt caramel with the dark chocolate is a fantastic combination. <laughs> I, I love also, sea salt with I love sea salt with chocolate. I think it's so good. Sea salt cho- with chocolate is very good. Um, Trader Joe's and I started I'm doing this when now. I make brownies, <laughs> but Trader Joe's sells these like little brownie bites with sea mm. salt sprinkled on top. And I started doing that. Like anytime I make brownies now, I will sprinkle some kosher salt flakes on top of my brownies and bake them. So good. Oh, so I'm having a 30th birthday party next weekend mm-hmm. and the two people planning it i i've so i gave them like the different foods i want and then just today i, I texted them like i just forgot desserts I'm like okay i want brownies and dairy-free chocolate chip cookies and i would like yellow cake slash cupcakes with strawberry filling and then i did a follow-up mm-hmm. text i was the desserts are all dairy-free <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that, because I said brownies, I'm like, ooh, maybe they could sprinkle some sea salt on there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also, side note, can confirm that when Mora makes brownies, oh, she makes fantastic brownies. This happened within the month that we have taken a break from recording with each other. Like, yeah. she's been busy. But you guys, in a previous episode of the podcast, yeah. I spoke about my heart and how I felt that it was sometimes a brick heart out of defense put bricks over my heart. So I talked about my brick heart Mm -hmm. or felt that my brick heart needed chocolate. She sympathized very much. She felt that my, my brick heart needed chocolate because chocolate makes everything better. So this woman makes brownies and has them hand delivered to my apartment via helpful family members <laughs> uh, in in this is the best this is the part that i i love chipotle and that was like okay i just happen to have a chipotle back <laughs> that's it's just like it's a god moment because i love chipotle so much so i come home that evening to a chipotle bag you told me that what you had done but There was a Chipotle bag on my door handle of my house and I love Chipotle and I love brownies and it's all the things I love from a person I love. Oh, it was great. It was fantastic. (laughs) But yes, Maura baked me Brickheart brownies. Yeah. Delicious. Because I told you, I'm like, I'm going to bake you a brick of brownies. A brick. And they were. Yeah. For your brick brick hearts because your heart's Mm -hmm. made of chocolate. No. <laughs> Are we giving <laughs> under all the bricks? Maybe, yeah. But I felt very loved. I I, I did love you. I still do. <laughs> you tell can you tell it's been a while since we've recorded with each other? We're all mushy in our friendship. <laughs> oh, Oh my gosh, I've missed you so much. I know. It's been such a long time. This is the first time we've been one-on-one in a long time. And so yeah, it's really good to see you. I'm glad. Yeah. Glad we're back back to regular scheduled programs. 
<laughs> well, with that, yeah. shall we move on yeah, to the espresso shot? Yeah, we should move into the espresso shot. Our espresso shot today says, Every person has his mission on earth. Each leaf, each grass blade, each flower has a project to be fulfilled. We work, but God decides what will happen to our lives and how. And when we thank him for our position, then everything works for us. There is nothing insignificant. Everything is important. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I agree with this. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we all have a purpose. We all have a mission. We all have something to do. We're all a part of everything that God has planned for us. Like, we're all a part of God's plan for everything else. I mean, even like the small, okay, maybe I'm like the toe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never seen myself as like someone who would do like big things. There are some people in the world who want to be great yeah, and be known for greatness and make a mark on this mm-hmm. world, on this, on this earth. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful ambition. I've, n- I've never felt like that for myself, but I do believe that I have a purpose. I see myself as more of like a leaf or a grass blade or a flower, just like this little thing in the world that God will use for purpose you know mm-hmm. i have i have a purpose i have a mission every person has his mission on earth i don't think that people just roam around aimlessly i think that every person has a purpose yeah not to be conceited because i'm not mm-hmm. but i think that like we said yes to god and starting this podcast like we had a little mission that he has sent us on right now right who know, yeah, who knows the people that we've impacted? Who knows yeah. the people that we have really been able to reach Yeah, on any kind of level, spiritually, emotionally? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really cool to think about the ways that God uses us yeah. for his own. I think it's one of the, one of the St. Therese's. And I've mentioned this in another podcast, I think maybe in the one with Tyler, but actually, but I wish to be an instrument. I wish to be a pen in the hand of God. Yeah. And I mean, just like, think like what, like what the next thing is, like, what's like, how is God writing with us? Yes. That's something I'm thinking about. I'm like, okay, how is God writing with me? And not just like with this, but like everything else too, like in my friendships, in like my my family like in my Mm -hmm. life like when I go on a walk (laughs) I like that line where it says we work but God decides what will happen to our lives and how Mm -hmm. and I've experienced that before where I'm just like going about my day-to-day stuff and then something like a curveball happens or something significant drops Things are going swimmingly, and now there's this thing that I have to figure out what to do with. Right. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a challenging thing, but we work. We go about mm-hmm. our day-to-day business, and yeah. God decides what will happen. And as, if we're trying to unite ourselves in his will, we'll end up doing, just be following that. We'll be mm-hmm. like, okay, like, yeah, maybe it's like you're, something we were not thinking about at all, and then it's like, why am I going here? It's like, oh, here's why I'm here. Yeah. 
Yeah. That last line is really cool in that quote. There is nothing insignificant. Everything is important. Yeah. Because sometimes you feel that way. You know, sometimes, I don't know, there's multiple times in the day that I'm going about nannying for kids and (laughs) where I have to stop and think to myself, gosh, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? What is the point? Right. Of what I am doing. I've been there too. I'm like, what, what is, <laughs> what is my, what's my purpose right now in this? Exactly. This is just weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever seen, <laughs> it's a rom-com called Definitely Maybe? Yes. Okay. There's a point where the main character, the man is working for, he was going to like work for the Clinton campaign. This is like back in the day. And uh, he, he was going to do like be a speech writer or something like he had big ambitions. Instead, he had a job where he was like making signs for people to put in their yards and like doing grunt work, super small things. And right, right. there's one point where he just like gets so frustrated. He's like, what am I doing here? <laughs> because it's so frustrating, you know, to to have these big ambitions, to have mm-hmm. these big dreams and like what you want to do and to just be like a little cog or to feel insignificant, like what you're doing doesn't matter. And yeah. literally a monkey could do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so what's the point, you know, of you being there? Yeah. Know. That's how I felt when I was a hostess at a restaurant. I was like, what the heck am I doing here? Like at some point you're just like, what am I doing here? Customers are mean. And so are waitresses sometimes. Yeah. But there is nothing insignificant. Everything is important. And I think I'm not afraid of doing little things. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of just playing a very small part. I'm more comfortable that way of doing small things. I think it was Therese of Lisieux who said, do small things with great love. Mm -hmm. She was all about the little weight, do small things with great love. And yeah, there is nothing insignificant. Everything is important. And I'm okay doing small things because sometimes there there are beautiful moments that happen and big things can happen in the small moments. That's so cool. Yeah. So this week we're talking about jobs in looking for entering the workforce and feeling that call to that itch to leave your job and looking for a new one and like feeling that call. It's like, okay, I'm supposed to be going somewhere else. And that, what that's mm-hmm. like, cause we, we're there. <laughs> we are yeah. there. Yeah. I have a lot of experience in, different kinds of jobs and trying to move on yeah because it's a scary time but yeah and it feels like this time of year is where a lot of exchange happens as far as people finding new jobs people have graduated such as yourself and they're looking for work and all my classmates are looking for work too yeah and it can be a super nerve-wracking time because you're talking about a stepping stone of your future and it's an important part of forming who you are who you're going to be in the professional world 
and it's daunting a little bit. It can be scary. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was, so I've been looking at, I started looking at jobs, but so the, the jobs that I've been seeing listed are, have slightly different survey, like qualifications than I have. Okay. Or they want like five years experience or they want like another level up of experience. Okay. Not just like years, but they want like extra. And I'm mm-hmm. like, so, but I have found some jobs that are available. So I'm going to start applying for those. But first I have to update my resume because I still haven't done that. Hmm. Um, probably do that tomorrow. <laughs> or yeah. tonight, I don't know. But it's like, it's exciting and it's scary. And it's just like, okay, what's the interview process going to be like? How long is an interview process for this? When would I be able to start? And I'm like, oh, this is all the questions that are just like in my head. But I feel like we've all been there. We've all been in place where it's like, okay, i got to get ready for the next step. Yeah. It's like, because I mean, because different people, like you transition jobs and then it's like, okay, this is a slightly different field than I'm used to. Or like, okay, like a different company or what what have you. And <sighs> yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the hard things too is when you're straight out the gate, mm-hmm. you could go anywhere. You could do anything. Sometimes that's a little bit more overwhelming than if you had like one or two doors that you can really focus on. But instead you've got so many choices of things like and paths that you could take. And you, you're just like looking around in bewilderment going, which, what do I do? which way is the right way, which is going to be a good fit for me. Trying to narrow down the choices of what you want and what's right for you. Okay. So I'm going to be relying on the St. Joseph, the worker prayer as I navigate the interview, like the looking for job openings and like the interview process applications and all that stuff. So I'll be relying on that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. In my experience, with work in college I had two part-time jobs I did daycare Mm -hmm. and then I also was a front desk secretary at the Newman Center that I used that was on campus the the daycare job my freshman year of college was actually a work-study job but that was the deciding factor of helping me figure out that I wanted to go into education oh When I went to college, my first year I was a freshman, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew it was either culinary or childcare, education. Yeah, my first year, that experience in a daycare, in a childcare setting really, really helped me decide that this is what I want to do because I can't, I don't get sick of it. There are times where like it's overwhelming and it's exhausting and as I'm sure some of you can relate, but it's so good and And you you don't see yourself being where you are permanently no this is not a career thing nannying and this is specific to me this isn't I feel like there aren't a lot of people who are nannies in the world but nannying is a very for me some people make it a career I do not want to it's not something that I see myself doing long term it's kind of a fun thing that I'm doing for now Oh, okay. And it's something that I'm, I think that I'm good at. I have a lot of experience. Yeah, but it's not, it's not a, 
I'm not a career nanny. If I had to take a guess as far as my future, again, I'm not a futuristic person, but I could see myself having like an in-home daycare. If I ever, if I ever got married and had a family, I would like the option to be able to raise my own children at home. But I know that most of the time that's not an option anymore for the real world. Most of the time to function in the real world, you need two incomes. And so it would be my hope if I were ever to marry and have my own kids, I would like to have also an in-home daycare Mm -hmm. so that people could bring me their kids and I could also be with my children in my home. Yeah, that's very specific to my situation. (laughs) I'm also that I think people will relate better to moving on from jobs yeah I have a and like and feeling that it's like okay my time is coming to an end and I need yep. to like go to something else yep. the new horizons yep so I used to be I used to work in youth ministry for a little while before I was a nanny and I love my ministry job it's the one job that I still really really miss and I could see myself doing that maybe in the future yeah but I worked in ministry for three and a half years and there was a point at the end of the summer, one summer, which is our busiest season. And I remember just, it wasn't a big significant moment, but I remember just kind of looking up and thinking, this is your last summer. This is your last summer doing this thing. You're not going to be here Mm -hmm. in a year. And it was just a truth. It was, it was a truth that was spoken and I heard it and it wasn't this, this big overwhelming moment. It was just a very small truth that was there. And <laughs> it was afterward that I freaked out and was like, but how, but why? <laughs> I like it here. You know, this is a good job. What am I, what else am I going to do? And it can be a scary thing to move on. Yeah. So until I find my big girl job, I'm going to go probably go find like a little girl job. But like just that knowing that I'm about to go into the real world, not that I have, but it's just like, okay, I'm going to be a professional. And I'm like, that's scary. And it's so thrilling. So it's like we're watching a rom-com. You know how it's going to end and you know where you are now, but I'm like, but here's why I watch the rom-coms. I got to know how they get there. I got to know. I got to know. And I'm like, okay, now is this time where I'm like, okay, how am I going to get there? What's that mm-hmm. process going to be like of like, okay, finding job openings. Okay. And then seeing like, oh, this looks promising. Oh, wait, I need to be able to speak Spanish. <laughs> or just like v- different various things. And then like the application process. And then the number field that be like, oh, sorry, you don't fit our bill. Or just like, and how, like just the entire thing. And I'm like, okay. Or will I have multiple offers where I only have one and will it really suck? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I remember the first, my first nanny job when mm-hmm. I moved from home was a live-in situation. Yeah. And so I didn't need a bed. I didn't need a dresser. I didn't need things. So I sold everything except like my sentimental stuff, things that I didn't want to part with or things that I wanted to save for someday when I had my own place again. Mm -hmm. 
But I sold all my big things. I have 30 boxes to my name, which is, there's a little bit of freedom in that. It's kind of nice not to have to deal with those things. But I was going into a home that had those things already. That nanny job, I, so I worked with them for three years. And then the boys that I took care of were old enough at some point where they were both in school full time. The family no longer needed a full-time nanny. So it was time to move on from that family. How I found the job that I have now is kind of crazy. I was looking online, care.com, and I found a job that had just been posted. But the way that I read it, it was very late at night. I misinterpreted the salary. I thought that was after taxes, this is what you would be making. So I really quick responded to that job because <sighs> if you don't do that right away, you have like 30 responses for a really good job position. And by the time they get to you, it's impossible. Like they won't get to you is the thing. So I responded right away. Then I went, went back and, and looked at it and I was like, Oh, I'm actually, I would actually be making less than what I do now. And I would have living expenses. So I was like, Ooh, I don't know. So, but the mom reached out to me and she said, we have two daughters and actually I just found out that I am pregnant. So there's a baby and because I'd be taking care of more children, I was going to negotiate because I am experienced. I was going to negotiate for a higher salary. I didn't even have to because they were like, because we have three children now that you'll be taking care of, we're going to offer you this. And I was like, Oh yeah, that literally they offered me what I was going to ask for. And I was oh like, Oh my gosh. Hmm. Okay. All right. And so I decided, you know, okay, that big piece is there, but here's the thing. I'd move halfway across the country. You know, my family lives in the Midwest. This would be on the East coast. Also, it's not a live-in situation. So I have to find a place to live. I have to buy a bed. I have to buy a couch. I have to buy like a kitchen table, chairs, like big furniture that I yeah. didn't have anymore because I got rid of all of it. Mm -hmm. And I was a little stressed because those big furniture items come with big price tags sometimes. Yeah, they do. And I was very nervous about that. But I went out to visit them. It went great. And... I told the, the parents that that's something that I would have to do. And the dad goes, my dad likes to go to auctions and he likes to buy a lot of furniture, like a hobby. He likes to fix things and then, and then resell them. So he has storage units full of big furniture. I bet he'd be willing to let you use some of his stuff. If he has any of the things you need, let what? me know. Mm -hmm. He goes, let me know what you need and I'll see if he has the stuff. So I made him a list of things I need. Oh Every gosh. single thing they had. I got a bed. Divine Providence, Sarah. <laughs> uh, did they have a mattress? It. Like, did, it, did he have a mattress? Yeah, he had a mattress. Like a box spring? spring? Like all that stuff? Oh my I had to gosh. buy a frame. I had to buy a bed frame, which was like $35. He had a table, chairs. He had a coffee table a couch, literally everything that I was like, I need to fill an apartment with, they had for me to use. And they just let me borrow them. Yeah. So that piece fell into place. And I was like, 
Okay. And then it was, I need to find a place to live. It was unsuccessful when I was there, but they ended up finding an apartment. They had connections with people. They found me an apartment that was in my price range. So that piece fell into place. I need to buy a car because my live-in situation, they provided me a car. I don't have one of my own. And so that was pretty easy too. I had to do some looking, but that like that fell into place. I found a, like a decent car. And the biggest thing that I was worried about was how I was going to get my stuff out to the East Coast. I was looking at UPAC or U-Haul and it was so expensive. And I was like, had I a bed, a couch, a TV, like a bunch of stuff, I could justify the cost of renting a truck. Yeah. But I have like 30 boxes to my name. And I'm not willing to spend like a thousand dollars. It's expensive. Yeah. It's expensive to move across the country. I don't have a thousand dollars that I can spend just to move my things from A to B. So I decided just to like buy a car that was roomy and I filled it. I packed that thing full of my stuff. I got so many things in there. And then my dad can ship things from his work for pretty cheap. So I just let him know when to send me like a, a couple boxes and he yeah. sent me stuff from his work. And that's how I did it. That's how I moved. But a long way to say. God provides. I suddenly needed another job. I suddenly needed to change my, my life. And all the things that I was worried about fell into place piece by piece, but I had to make the leap first. Mm -hmm. And that was frightening Yeah, to make a big change like that. Not just a big job change, but a move. And it would have been too easy if it all would have just like happened all at once. And like, here's everything. <laughs> it had to happen. Little, little opportunities of trust. Um, I applied to grad school. I like I, I felt that was by God's like, mm -hmm. hey, you're you're gonna do this. Nothing is more nauseating than emailing mm -hmm. teachers and asking them to write you letters of recommendation. And then you get the emails, you're like, Ugh! and then you're like, oh, mm -hmm. they said yes. <laughs> yep. I remember when I asked my um, I had an internship, and internships, I believe they have supervisors most of the time. And I was mm -hmm. like, hey. When I'm applying for jobs, will you be a, a reference? She's like, of course I will. I wouldn't let you graduate if you if I wouldn't. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, but yeah, like when I start applying, when I like start submitting my resume and all that stuff, it's going to be like a little leave of faith where I'm just like, okay, God, I trust you to take care of this and have me land where you need me. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's a good prayer. That's a good prayer. I just came up with that right now. <laughs> I agree. I think that's a good prayer because sometimes where you, where you're going to land mm -hmm. isn't exactly where you thought you would be. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when, I mean, when I decided to move on from youth ministry, I knew that I wanted to do something with kids, but I wasn't sure. And I had, this was an idea I had in college was to be an East coast nanny. That would be oh. super fun to see a little bit. Yeah, to see a little bit of the world. But I was like, in college, I was like, oh, but chances are, you know, I'll meet the guy and we'll get married and have a family. And that's okay with me. And then that wasn't happening, wasn't happening, wasn't happening. And I 
I found this opportunity to be able to travel and experience completely new things. Yeah. And it was worth it. It was scary. It was hard. When I moved away from home the first time, the whole summer before I moved, I, I cried every week at mass. People thought I was probably crazy, but because I, it was the best, it, it continues to be the best summer of my life yeah. because up to then I, I felt like I had been living in a rut, living life in neutral, not going backward, but not going forward either. And so when I finally decided to move forward, I, you know, kind of looked around at what I had because I wasn't going to have it anymore close at hand. And I realized that I have an awesome family that I love to spend time with. And I have really good friends that I love dearly. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to be around for that anymore. And I cried in Thanksgiving every week in mass, just like tears of thankfulness and a little bit of sadness that I was going to be losing that. But because like, that's crazy, right? (laughs) To move halfway across the country and live with strangers and take care of their children. Yeah. It's a little crazy. Absolutely. I was like, that's a little crazy, right? Yeah. But it was so good. And I found so much peace in that. And that it took a lot of trust, though. Mm-hmm. That, that's the hard thing is when you're looking to make a change in your work. Yeah. Maybe you've been in a position for, you know, two, three, five years even. Maybe and- 10 years. And there's a beautiful commitment in being able to stay in a place for a long time and watch a company or a brand grow with the world. There's a lot of really cool things and cool ways that you can challenge yourself to improve yourself and improve your job. But it's scary when you need to make a change. It is so scary. And I think one of the hardest thing about the summer before I moved away from home and away from my friends, it was a little bit of mourning and grieving Mm -hmm. because I was never going to be with my friends in that same context again, because I was moving away. Chances are like, we're going to get married we're going to start families. Like things are going to change in big ways for us. This time that we have together is ending very quickly we were never going to be together in the same way ever again. And that is true. A lot of my friends are married. We've gotten bigger jobs where actually I'm not the only one who moved away. A lot of my other close friends ended up moving away. So we're kind of scattered around the country now. And that can be scary, but it also makes you appreciate the time that you have now, the memories that you can make. And I don't know, I feel like challenging yourself with your work and what you do and your purpose in life can be very, very rewarding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you have to be open to it. And that's the kicker. That's where they get you. Yeah. My internship was actually a full, my program required a full year. Like, not like a two semester. It was a full year. Oh, wow. Okay. Summer, fall, spring. So I was somewhere else for my summer internship. And I hated it so much. Mm. And 
I mean, I hated the organization. I was okay with the work, but I didn't really learn anything. And I was like, I can't see a future here. And the way that they're talking is that we're going to like any student that comes on with them will stay with them. And they're going to have a really difficult time finding a job outside of them after they graduate. And I was like, I am not going to get stuck here. Hmm. So I, but I was so mad at them that like, I just started like looking for other internships Mm. and I started applying for things. And so I applied where I ended up getting my internship for fall and spring. And it was like Providence because I went in for my last, my last day at my, my, my summer internship. I was driving home from there Mm -hmm. and I got an email asking if I wanted to have an interview. And I was like, well, they told me to take every interview that I'm requested for. So I'm going to take it thinking, okay, I'm actually, I'm committed to this place. I'm, I know for sure that I'm staying here. Like it's all working out, but it just, everything was really up in the air and I was like, I need security. So I'm going to apply other places. And then I get this email asking if I want and I'm like yes I would love to have an interview and then I we scheduled that interview for like one of the days that I used to work at that internship <laughs> during a time I used to work too mm-hmm. and so I have that and then they're asking if I would like to have another interview and I was just like Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I would. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> and I'm still like, okay, I think I'm still committed to this other place. And then it was like, okay, it, it was just, a, it was, it was a better opportunity. I was talking to Kevin through it. I was like, oh my gosh, I got an interview at this other place. He's like, oh my gosh, take it. <laughs> and he, he was like praying for that too. And I was just like, he's like, remember to flatter them, flatter them a little. <laughs> so I did. Yeah. And then they're just like, I'm like, I also you other places. I'm like, oh yes, but I really want to work here. I really want to work here. You guys do great work. I really want to work here. And Mm -hmm. then I got it, but oh, and it was rough. It was rough, you guys. But oh my gosh, I learned so much. And I feel so equipped for the world now because it was just a better opportunity. And it it was hard. It was a hard, because sometimes you get new jobs that are better for you. That's a hard transition. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I wasn't being asked enough. The other one to prepare me for the real job. And this is what they are preparing me for. The real job oh, this is a really tough transition and it's really difficult right now and I want to cry every day. But then I got good at it. I got good at it. So now it's like, I do feel like a comfort in going out into the real world yeah. of this job because I've already done it. But I'm also like, oh my gosh, like what's the interview process going to be like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, God provided for me. That was something where I was like, I needed to leave that place and I did and God helped me with that. Yeah. Like you said earlier, it seems like so many jobs want like five years experience and you're like, I'd have five years experience if you could hire me for places to like look at applicants and say, oh, but they don't have any experience. So yeah, have to start somewhere. Please hire me. Yeah. Any place that says at least one year, I'm like, okay, my internship year. I got it. I have, I've had, cause other places like five years and I'm like, or three to five years. I'm like, but why? Like I'm. Yeah. My youth ministry job, because my boss knew me 
beforehand. He knew what I could do. He knew how hard I worked. He knew the kind of person that I was. He was able to like kind of vouch for me and be like, no, this is the person for the job. And that was really cool to have that confidence. His confidence in me was also like, don't, like I don't want to ever disappoint this guy. Because <laughs> he was a good, one of my best bosses that I've ever had. And a good friend aside from that. And to disappoint him would be really, really difficult. So that's what made me want to work hard for him. That's what makes like the nanny family that I have, they're so good to me. You know, they always offer if I'm like babysitting or if the weather's bad, you can stay with us if you want. You can stay overnight. And the dad the dad always helps me out with car problems that I have. He has connections. He he has a place that he's taken my car a couple times to get worked on because he trusts the people and he also wants to make sure that I'm taken care of. And that that like that's really nice because I wouldn't know where to go and I wouldn't know what to do otherwise. And it it's really nice when your employers can take really good care of you, um, when they can invest in you because they believe in you. And they want yeah. to keep you around. They want yeah. to keep you around for because they value you. It sounds like they're investing in you. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. they're it taking care a- of my kids. I need to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And because they are so good to me, that makes me want to work hard for them. Like, it's not just because I care about kids. It's also because they are so good to me. I want to be good to them. I want to be helpful and valuable to them. Yeah. So. Are you going to miss them when you leave someday? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll be on the phone. I'll cry with you. Hey. (laughs) I'll hop on Zoom with you. I'll be like, hey, Sarah. I'm just going to let you cry. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. I think it's really hard sometimes. Like I mentioned that youth ministry job because that's really the most professional I've ever been. I got that good job out of college and now I'm in the nanny. But the ministry job, there was a point where I just felt like in a rut. The job lost a little bit of its shine if that makes sense. And I knew I was doing good things and I needed to do them. But when the job loses a little bit of its shine, Mm -hmm. it's really kind of lose sight of what the important thing is, or it's, it starts being hard to work hard, if that makes sense. Um, It's difficult to work as hard as you are. And Remember when I decided to move forward from that job, all of a sudden things were good again. And I was like, oh, maybe I should stay here. But I think it's important to know when when your time is to move on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, to also be able to challenge yourself. If you feel like you're in a rut or if you feel like it's kind of boring, being able to look at ways you can challenge yourself, set new goals. I don't know, something to keep moving forward, something to keep improving. Yeah. That feels like it's a grounds to cover things. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was just thinking like if we did want to transition into grounds to cover. We could, yeah. So I know there's a lot of people like interviewing for jobs. Yeah. 
right now when you interview yes and applying for jobs how you know or how you can I don't know interview well I guess or like what can set you apart from everyone else yeah so an interview is like a first date that you are trying to see if each other is right for each other because you're interviewing them too I've been told to know what I need and have the be ready with those questions too. Like, okay, what are you able to provide for me? Mm-hmm. What do I need that you can give me? Okay, you don't have that. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> That's a good point because I feel like sometimes, or at least I would get caught up in, I it's all on me. The pressure is on me to make a good impression because I want this job. So to think of it as like, it's a mutual thing. There needs to be a little bit of pressure on them, even though they have lots of applicants. If the right person comes along, they want to be able to make a good impression on that person to help them want to work there. Yeah. No, do your homework. Do your homework on where you're interviewing and know what they're about so that, you know, you know stuff. You're not some clueless person who's like, because this isn't like a first date where you have to like pretend you like you don't know anything. You want to come in there and knowing something and be like and to impress them. It's like, okay, yeah, you do want to press them a little bit. Like, okay. Like, hey, yes, I do know stuff about you. I know what your mission statement means. I know what mm-hmm. stuff you do. I know who you sell to or whatever it is. Yeah. Cause I think that says a lot about you as a person. Like, not that you're just looking for a job, but that you care about that company. You care about that brand. You want to improve. Like your focus is is there. And this is why you want to work for them. Because mm-hmm. the reason why you want to work for them has to do with what they do. Yeah, exactly. You're an important cog in the whole mechanism of what they do. Exactly. That's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, and then I would just pray, pray a lot, <laughs> and just like. Yeah. Oh, I hate when people say this, but just rest in God and trust that he'll let you fall where you need to land. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like an obvious one, but, and it's scary, but to be open, to be open to what God may be leading you to, even if it's not exactly what you pictured for yourself, whatever your goals are, whatever jobs you have, like it's a stepping stone. It doesn't have to be forever. I don't know. This is also coming from somebody who has a little bit of a gypsy heart and like nothing is permanent. I have no intention at staying at my first job forever. I plan on doing it like maybe two to five years. Right. Right. And so, and, and, you know, for a lot of people, like, I feel like most people don't expect to be at their first jobs forever, but to keep in mind that it might be just a stepping stone. It's a for now thing. Trying to think about what's ahead have your big picture in mind. What are you trying to achieve? And think about where you are now is a stepping stone of that. And there will come another one. One of my, when I was in high school, we voted on a class motto and the one that I wanted did not make it, but it has always really resonated with me. And it said something like, you can be anything you want to be. You just can't be everything all at once. That's what a lifetime is for. And 
to think about the fact that you have a lifetime to do all the things that you want to do, to be who you want to be. I know that I'm not going to be a, a nanny for a lifetime, but right now I'm in the nannying chapter of my life. So to be looking at the big picture of what you're trying to achieve long-term and consider that you know, right now is a stepping stone of where you want to be. Yeah. I think that the biggest, best piece of advice I've ever given was to rely on St. Joseph the worker mm-hmm. and pray to him. And something I personally don't do is pray for humility while interviewing or going into work. <laughs> I just don't do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> Maybe do it. Maybe if you really want to do it. I don't know. I don't know why I would do it. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> they were just, yeah. just like better things for my self-esteem than to pray that going yeah. to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Novena is definitely help and just being willing to be a little bit out of your comfort zone because it's okay. Sometimes beautiful things happen. I can speak from experience on multiple levels. <laughs> Taking the leap is very scary, but I will say, and I've touched on this before, I think in other episodes, the peace and confidence that you feel from being exactly where God wants you to be is just invaluable. It is so good to know with confidence that you are exactly where God intends you to be. This East Coast nannying thing that I'm doing where I am right now, I knew that absolutely God orchestrated it. There's without a doubt, it's a long story. It's probably boring for most of you, maybe, but I'm unsure why God wants me here at this time, why he's called me here, but he has. And so that's where I'm going to be. Maybe it'll make sense in the future. Hopefully it does. That would be great. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Welcome back. Yeah. So good to see you. Welcome back, Sarah. It's so nice to have you yeah, back from thanks, vacation. Thanks. The dynamic duo reunited. So. <laughs> so thank you so much, guys, for listening. We really appreciate you uh, mm-hmm. sticking with us, especially in the last few weeks of like a lot of guest hosts. And, yeah. But they were great. And yeah. you guys are awesome. We really appreciate our listeners. So mm-hmm. we'll be paying for you. And you know, a lot of people out there right now are kind of in the season of change. So mm-hmm. um, we'll be praying, especially for that. Oh, shout out to Dan. You know who you are. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> uh, yep. Have a great week. We will catch you next time. Thanks for stopping by Carol's Coffee House this week. We hope you found our conversations to be uplifting and inspiring. We really appreciate all of your support and encouragement, and your feedback helps us strive to bring good content to this podcast. So if you have any ideas of topics you'd like to hear more about or are interested in, please reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter at carol underscore podcast or email us at carolscoffeehouse at gmail.com. Have a great week and God bless.